We're going to begin over in the book of John, chapter 5. This, this is Mother's Day, and we do have a special gift for the moms on their way out here today. And we know that moms have always have taught their children many a lesson. But I saw this story and thought you might enjoy this, that uh, sometimes us kids have taught you moms some things. Here's the first thing that they, uh, that they wrote about. You have learned that a three-year-old voice is louder than 200 adults in a crowded restaurant. When you are in another room and you hear the toilet flush with the words, Oh no, immediately following, you have learned that it is already too late. You have learned that Play-Doh and microwave should never be used in the same sentence. You have learned that superglue is forever. You have learned that your local fire department has a 15-minute response time. You have learned that the spin cycle of the washing machine does not make earthworms dizzy. But it does make cats dizzy. Also, you have learned that cats can throw up to twice their body weight when they are dizzy. You have learned that certain Lego blocks can pass through the digestive tract of a four-year-old. <laughs> oh, my. The things we've done. Huh? Well, moms, it's all, always good to have you here every Sunday, but especially today as we celebrate Mother's Day. We're going to be over here in John chapter 5. We've been talking about hope that does not waver. That the Word of God tells us in Hebrews chapter 10 that we are to hold fast to our confession of our hope. That our hope should have a confession. That if we hope for something, and hope is always in the future, hope is not past tense, hope is not present tense. Hope is future tense. If we are hoping for something in the future, there is a holding fast we must do to the confession. And the reason he says to hold fast to our confession is because things come against us to try and change that. And they try and alter the, well, I guess that's not going to happen. Well, I guess that's not going to come. We want to talk today about where does our hope come from? Because we've got to make sure we have that hope. We talked uh, before about the two kinds of hope that come in. But here we're going to look at where does our hope come from. In John chapter 5, this is a familiar story to us, not a new story. But we're going to see something in here in regards to hope. Verse 1, after this there was a feast of the Jews and, the, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had the infirmity thirty-eight years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. When the water is stirred up, but when while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. So the number of things here to look at in with this. And at first off, we see that an angel apparently did come down and stir up the pool, the, the water here. I'm not sure how they found that out. Maybe God gave a word to somebody and said, when you see the water stirred up going down there. And, and uh, there's no time really taken to dispel this belief that this was a false belief. So apparently it had gone on. And this man says... 
speaks of this in such a way that it seems that he's been there when the waters have been stirred before, but just couldn't get into the water. So it seems like this is going on. This is one way that uh, the folks would do it. And it certainly built up expectation when you're always looking at the water, waiting for that water to stir. Because as soon as the water stirred, you had to be the first person in the pool. And if you're the first person in the pool, you got healed. So a whole lot of sick people got around the pool. Now, I don't know what you're thinking if you're in the pool, in, in, the, in the place of the pool, and there's a whole lot of people, and you're ten rows back. I'm not sure why I'm standing there waiting. But however many people there are there, there's a lot of people in there. And this guy went there every day. Now, here's what I want you to get to see about this man. Does this man believe that if he got into the pool, with the pool, when the pool was stirred, does this man believe he would be made well? He does believe that, doesn't he? Does this man hope that he is the first one in the pool? Would he show up if he did not? You wouldn't show up here every day if, if, if that weren't the case, right? His problem is what? He, because what's, what's his condition? He's paralyzed. He can't walk. How did he get there? Somebody brings him. They probably have to go to work. They probably bring him. Have to go to work and just plan on picking him up on the way home. <laughs> right? So the man gets dropped off by the pool. Maybe he gets in there early and can get right next to the edge of the pool. So maybe he just thinks maybe I can just roll over into the pool. If you're paralyzed, would you want to go into a pool? <laughs> Somehow he's got this idea that maybe there's, there's a way that I can get in there. But he, he gets dropped off and he says, all right, I'll see you after you get done work. All right, I'll be by to get you. That sounds like there's a lot of uh, expectation there. <laughs> He's, he, I, I don't think so. I don't think there's a whole lot of expectation. And Jesus comes upon him and sees this, this dilemma that's going on with the man. The man believes that if he gets in the water, he would be healed. The man believes that God heals people. The only thing standing between him and being healed is being the first one in the pool. That's it. Now, here's his conflict. Go to verse 3 again. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at certain times into the pool and stirred up the water. So there were other paralyzed people there, weren't there? The, the man that is there has no one to put him in. He says, there's no man to put me in. So it must mean that some of the paralyzed people, at least some, had people waiting there to throw them into the water. As soon as they saw the water stirred, they throw them right on into the water. And this guy sees that and says, oh, I don't have that. I would like to have that, but I don't have that. For an angel went down at certain times into the pool and stirred up the water. And whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. That's a long time. How many of you have been believing for something for longer than 38 years? 38 years. How long did Joseph believe for the, become the ruler? Way less than half of the, half of that. And we marvel at Joseph's faith. 38 years. I don't know how long he's been coming to the pool. But if he was coming to the pool only half of that time, that's a lot of time to be coming to the pool and nothing happened. Here's the problem. When nothing happens after a while, he's still going through the motions, isn't he? 
He still knows that he can expect to be healed if he gets into the pool. Problem is, his faith is in having someone to put him into the pool. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there, he, he knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. Doesn't say how Jesus knew that. Maybe Jesus could sense from the man's expectation of the conflict between his hope and his expectation and, and such. Whatever it might be, the Spirit of God may have just told him. He knew it was a long time. And he said to him, Do you want to be made well? Well, would the man be there if he did not want to be made well? I wouldn't think that he would be there if he'd want to be made well. But Jesus asked him anyway, Do you want to be made well? The man says yes. Right? No! The sick man answered him saying, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. So apparently there is some way he has to move himself into there, but it takes him a little while. And someone else sees the water being stirred and gets in before him. This must have happened before. Does he answer Jesus' question? Not really. I mean, he, I, I want to be healed, but here's, here's the way I'm supposed to be healed. And it's just not working for me. Have you ever done something that's just not working for you? It's just not working for him. I'm here. I'm here every day. I get dropped off here every day. But it's just not working. So Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well. Took up his bed and walked. And that day was a Sabbath. So something happened in his body that he knew he was well. And then he took up his bed and he walked. He didn't have to wait for the stirring of the water. Now, there's a whole mess of sick people there. Jesus finds this one. He doesn't find the other folks. He finds this one. Now, look at this. The man hopes to get into the pool, doesn't he? Why would he show up if his expectation is the only people that are going to get healed are the ones who get in the pool? He is brought here every day by someone because he cannot walk there. So someone must bring him. He has he makes the arrangements, have someone bring him there every day and waits because he has the hope of getting into the pool. But he also says he doesn't expect it. Isn't that what he's saying? I'm hoping to get into the pool, but I don't expect to. There's a whole lot of folks that are out there that we have a hope of something, but we don't expect it. I hope that happens, but I don't expect it. I hope I get that job, but I don't expect it. I hope I get into the pool, but I don't expect it. I hope I get a raise, but I don't expect it. Can you see the conflict that's there? Is this man not hoping to get into the pool? If this man had had his hopes completely dashed that he was not getting to the pool, he would tell the person, don't bring me anymore. But as soon as Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? He tells him about his lack of expectation to be able to get into the pool first. I wrote this in your outline for you. After a long time of not receiving what we hope for, our expectation of it diminishes. Isn't that the case? After a long time of not receiving what we hope for, our expectation of it diminishes. Because I've been expecting it for a long time. I've been hoping for it for a long time. But I'm not receiving it. When I'm not receiving it, mm, I'm just not sure that this is, this is going to work. 
Not quite sure how this is going to go about. Proverbs 13.12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When we get kind of drawn out when that hope is it's not coming. I keep going out there. I keep going to the pool. The water gets stirred up, but I don't get in it. Someone else gets in there first. Can you imagine if may think if you think through this story, if this man's making an effort to get into the pool and somehow sees that he has a way to to, to make an effort to get in there, you know, he might just be paralyzed from the uh, from the waist down and can't walk. Maybe his arms work okay. I don't know exactly what's what's going, but somehow it seems like he's making a move to get into the pool. Can you imagine it being that one of those times he actually got himself into the pool, but wasn't the first? Now you got a paralyzed man in the pool. That's not a real good thing, is it? What do you think he would do when he went home that day? What do you think he was thinking on at nighttime? Boy, what a fool I made of myself. Rolling on myself into the pool. And uh, the other guy got healed. And I didn't. I bet Maybe he was even thinking, I'm not even going to go back tomorrow. But maybe by tomorrow he got his hope back up again. But see that there's a problem because his hope, he's, he's still trying to feed that hope and keep that hope up, but his expectation is dwindling. I'm expecting it less and less. But he still promotes that hope and still shows up at the pool. Now here's what Jesus does. Jesus alters his hope to one that has no disappointment with it. This man has been disappointed constantly when the water is stirred up that he's not the first one in. So Jesus just alters the whole thing. He sees the man has hope to be healed. But the expectation of this particular method is not getting it there for him. And so he alters the method. And he says, look, just rise up, take up your bed and walk. And the man rose up. He took up his bed and he walked. And it makes a note that this is on the Sabbath day, which is a bad day to do healing. Because Pharisees and Sadducees and groups like that, they don't like that too much. And they, of course, got the young man and young man or the, whatever age he was, got a hold of him and they didn't uh, deal too kindly with him. Here's another one. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called to the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. So they go from hush, hush, be quiet, to oh, he looks for you. Come on, I'll take you up there to him. And throwing aside his garment, we've told you this part before, the garment that he wore was a garment that, de- that designated him as a blind person. And so when he was out there begging, he would have his blind person's garment. And so people know this is a blind person. This is an authenticated blind person. It's not a faker. And so when they gave to him, they knew they weren't just being you know, railroaded. So they, uh, he had this, his blind person's garment. And he throws it aside. It's kind of tough for a blind person to throw aside their blind person's garment because how are you going to get it back? You can't see. And this is an important point because the Word of God included it. It didn't just say he left his stuff. It said he threw his garment aside. The garment, not his clothes. He didn't go up there naked. (laughs) 
He went up there without his blind person garment because he says, I don't need this anymore. I've got Jesus. And Jesus asked one of these really riveting questions. Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? I think you might give me a dollar. You know, just for a cup of coffee. No. The blind man said to him, Rabbi, can't you see what I'm here for? He doesn't say that, does he? No. That I may receive my sight. I think it's really interesting the way that Bartimaeus phrases this. He doesn't say that you would heal me. He says that I may receive my sight. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. What is faith? The substance of things hoped for. Hoped is for the future. Faith can be past, present, or future. You can have faith in something past. You can have faith in something present. You can have faith in something future. But hope is always future. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. He did. He does not go back for his blind person garment. At least we're not told that he did. He just left that on back there. He don't need that no more. Now, here's the difference between these two. This one, first off, he believes if he gets an audience with Jesus, he will receive his sight, doesn't he? He's heard about Jesus. Because as soon as he heard the name Jesus mentioned, he's all up about this thing. Oh, come on. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He's heard about Jesus before. This is not just somebody who's passing by. This is someone he knows. He's heard about him. He may not have been in one of the meetings, but he's talked with people. He's blind. He's not deaf. He's talked with people. He's heard about Jesus. So he's at, what's he out there doing when he first starts off? He's out there begging. Alms, alms. Begging, because that's all he knows to do. Until he hears that Jesus is around. Once he hears Jesus is around, it changes. He goes into a different gear. This man has, he has, he's with little hope that it will happen. But he believes that if he gets an audience with Jesus, he will be healed. But he has little hope that it will happen. So he continues to beg. Until he hears Jesus' name called out. When he hears Jesus' name called out, he says, Ah, my hope is that if I ever got an audience with Jesus, that I would receive my sight. Here is my opportunity. I could care less about begging. I could care less about whatever alms I've gotten so far. What I care about is getting in front of Jesus. Because all this while he's been telling him, all the while he's been meditating on this this thing. If I get an audience with Jesus, I know I will receive my sight. And when Jesus asks him the question, he doesn't answer him smartly or with anything. Well, what do you think I'm here for? He says exactly what he's been saying in his mind all this time, that I may receive my sight. He must have been saying to himself all these times, what would I say if I ever got an audience with Jesus? What would I ask for? I would ask this. I would say it this way. He knew exactly what he was going to say. And as soon as he heard Jesus was in the room, in the house, on the street, he goes into a whole different mode. This man has high hope, high expectation, but little hope that Jesus would actually pass by. The other man had high hope, but low expectation. There's a problem when you have the difference of hope and expectation 
when there's a gap between the two. This man, even though he had faith to be healed, faith to receive his sight, Jesus didn't minister to his faith. Jesus didn't give him faith. Jesus did nothing to his faith. He even said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. He already had the faith, didn't he? He had very little hope that Jesus would ever come somewhere near here. But if he does, he had great expectation for that day. Such great expectation that he hollered out, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And people, he was so loud, people were trying to get him to quiet down. You know, he's making all this ruckus. Just stop it. Jesus won't come back here if you make a ruckus like that. And he didn't stop. He just all the more, all the louder. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus hears him amongst all these people. He hears him. He says, bring that man on over. Because you know, the one thing that attracted Jesus was faith. He could tell when people were in faith. Bring that man on over. What do you want me to do for you? That I may receive my sight. Go your way. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. So here's this. One comes to the place he has little hope succeeding only because he sees no other way. He's got very little hope. Man at the pool of Bethesda. Very little hope that this is actually going to change. But he had high expectations. If I get in that water... I know what will happen, but I don't expect I'm going to be able to get in that water. But if I get in there, my hope is of such, oh, I'm going to get healed. But I just don't, I don't expect it to happen today because I don't have anybody to put me in the water. Maybe some days he did have somebody to put him in the water. I don't know. One comes to a place he has little hope succeeding only because he sees no other way. Jesus comes in and says, here's another way. Let's just bypass the whole pool thing. Rise up, take every bed and walk. The other has much faith and expectation, but little hope in getting to that place of hope, that place being in front of Jesus. So in the end, folks, what happens? Neither expects much to happen today. The man in the pool, he didn't expect a whole lot different to happen today. When Jesus came to him and says, do you want to get healed? Yeah, well, you know, no, nobody just put me into the water. What's blind Bartimaeus doing? Is he looking for Jesus? No, he's just out there begging for alms. I need alms. I need something to get me some food today. We've got to close the gap between our hope and our expectation. There are many people who have high hope, but little expectation that that will actually come about. There's other people who have little hope that something that they need to go on will go on. But if it ever did, their expectation would soar. But both are a problem. We've got to get ourselves to the place where I have the same hope as expectation. And they're both built up from the Word. What kind of adjustments can we make? Well, what is our hope? We're just taking on the area of healing here. We looked at a couple of healing stories. We're going to take on this area of healing here. In Psalms 103, in verse 3, it says, Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases? How many of them does that include? All of them, right? Who heals all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. He did them all. Isaiah 53 and 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. That's what our hope should be built on. So we should have the expectation that I am healed. We should have the hope of health. 
We should have these things in us. But what have we been expecting? If, I put this in your outline here, if hope is high and expectation is low, we have stopped believing in our hope. If hope is high and expectation is low, we have stopped believing in our hope. We've stopped. Because I'm, I'm talking about this hope. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, that would be great, but it's not going to happen for me. Why is it not going to happen for you? Well, for this man, I don't have anybody to put me in the water. Well, my boss doesn't like me. I don't think he's going to give me a pay raise. Well, there's a lot of people out there looking for work. And, you know, I'm just one of them on a whole lot of them. If hope is high, but expectation is low, we have stopped believing in our hope. We've got to get our belief back. I've got to get back to the place of believing. For Joseph... There was a difference there. Did he not have high hope and high expectation when he was in his father's house? He was so high on hope and expectation, he tells his own parents, you know what, I had this dream and the the sun and the moon, they bowed down to me beside all the stars. Joseph knew exactly what that meant and told it to his dad. And his dad said, dad was okay as long as we're just talking about the kids bowing down to you. Well, now you're getting your mother and I involved. Now, hold on a minute. You think your mother and I are going to come down here and bow down to you too? Now you're getting a little bit too big for your britches here. Put yourself back in the dust. He was so high on expectation and hope. And there was no difference between it. But then after all those years, being in slavery, being in the prison, you think there was a difference between his hope and his expectation? We know that he still had the hope because when he gave that interpretation, he told the folks, you know what, I shouldn't be in here. Don't know if he still had the hope to uh, rule, be a ruler. But he still had hope for something different. But then after two years, nothing happened with that. I'm sure his expectation on that part went away as well. What have we been expecting? If hope is high and expectation is low, we have stopped believing in our hope. Again, Proverbs 13:12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Oh, isn't that good when that thing we've been hoping for, that thing we've been expecting comes? When that healing comes? When that job comes? When that pay raise comes? Isn't that great? No, not at all, huh? Okay. Well, maybe some of the other people will like it. We can get excited when it, it, it's exciting when these things happen, when they come together. If you've been carrying around something in your body, you know, Jesus took a, uh, looked at uh, people with infirmity. We looked at one recently. She had infirmity for all those years. And Jesus said, how much better is it that she be freed on the Sabbath after being in that infirmity all this time? Now, there's a number of ways that we can believe that we're healed. You don't, there, there isn't just one way. Sometimes we get this idea that God has only one way He wants us healed. And unless we stumble upon that right way, it isn't going to happen for us. And that's just not so. You as a parent, you as a parent, if you have a child and that child is is sick, injured, or something is is, uh, going on, something is wrong with that child, do you care how the help comes for that child? If a doctor comes over and says, hey, I happen to be a doctor, let me uh, take a look at your child, and you're out there in the uh, the mall somewhere, and you say, no, hold on a minute, we we already have a doctor, and um, I'm going to take him over. No, you're saying, you can help? Come on! Right? Because you're a parent. You just want help for that child. 
Why do we think that God is back over there saying, well, unless this, unless you find the right way, mm-mm. I can believe I am healed several ways. First off, by a past work. Go back over to Psalms 103 we just read. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. That's a past work. Just the same way that you can believe that you were forgiven, you can believe that you were healed. If you have faith to believe that you are saved from your sins, forgiven of all the things you did wrong, that same faith will get you healed. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. It's the same work. Isaiah 53, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him and by His stripes we are healed. Now I can believe that I am healed because of a past work. Because of the work that Jesus did on the cross, I am healed now. I can believe that. I can go that way. And that is certainly a direction that you can go. And you can get built up on that hope in the Word of God and just going out there for whatever it is you're, you're having your body, some pain, something going on. And you can just go on and say, Father God, I thank you that by His stripes I am healed. And I can stand on that and I can go. But how many of you have ever been around people who stood on this for a while and all of a sudden the hope and the expectation had a difference? In the beginning, the hope and the expectation were the same, but then after a while, the gap widened because hope deferred makes the heart sick. We didn't see that, that thing come about. Well, beside a past work, I can, I can believe that I am healed by belief in His Word. I can stand there and say, because of what Jesus did on the cross, I am healed. But I can also say, because of the power of His Word, I am healed. Psalm 107, verse 20, He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I can stand on that one. I can believe that one. Matthew 8, 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. You can just speak a word. There's the power of the Word. Luke 4, verse 36, They were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is! For with authority and power He commands the unclean spirits and they come out just by the power of His Word. The, the Word of God, folks, has power. There is power. I can stand and believe on the past action of the cross. I can stand and believe on the power of the Word working inside of me. I can go on around confessing the Word of God. I can go around saying, He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I can go around and confess. And I only have a few of the verses. There's many, many more you can be grabbing from the Word of God. Many, many more. We sometimes have a book out there. Um, God's Healing. Uh, God's Medicine. He does Jim about that one. If there's none out there, I have some uh, in reserve. Some for a book. You can carry them in your pocket. Half of the book is scriptures on healing. The other half is teaching. Just carry that around with you. And just go on and confess the Word. Confess the Word. Confess the Word. Confess the Word. Go over the Word. Go over the Word. Every time you feel a pain in your body, confess the Word. Confess the Word. Every time you feel a doubt come up in your head, confess the Word. Confess the Word. Confess the Word. Keep on going. Because belief in His Word will get you healed. Belief in a past action will get you healed. Belief in His Word will get you healed. But also by the laying on of hands. Matthew chapter 9 verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. 
there are a number of scriptures that talk about Jesus being in different places at different times. And it says he healed all of their sick. He healed every sickness and every disease among the people. And yet constantly we have people in this day and age who come for prayer and think in their heads, well, there might be something that disqualifies me. There might be something that's in my life that's keeping me from being healed. I don't know what it is, but there might be something that happens. You would think, though, that with the great multitudes that they would bring to Jesus, that He would run into one or two of them. One or two of them that had the same thing going on in their life that you might have going on in your life. And He would have just stopped the prayer line and said, You know what? I can't pray for you. You don't qualify. But He doesn't do that, does He? It is over and over again. You can go through the Word of God yourself. Spend some time on it. And find out how many times does it say that he went through and healed all of their sick. That they brought many sick of various diseases and he healed all of them. And cast out all the demon spirits. All, constantly using the word all. Never says half of them. Doesn't even say 90%. When Jesus shows up, he heals all or he heals very little. In Capernaum, he says he could do very little there. Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and got them healed. But it was because of their unbelief, not because of Jesus. Not because God said, oh, I don't want to do this. Because of their unbelief. James chapter 5, verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So what's that say? Laying on of hands is a good thing. But you've got to come with expectation on it. I've got to have the hope that I build up from the Word of God and then come with expectation that this is going to change something. I can have hope and expectation on the past work of the cross that Jesus did. I can have hope and expectation that just belief in His Word and speaking His Word will change my situation. I can have hope and expectation that by the laying on of hands, I will receive this. Not because of the power of the laying on of hands, but simply because that's what the Word of God said. Now, this is just talking about the elders of the church. But in the Word of God, we also have that there were certain people who go around that had gifts of healings, plural, on them. And it began to talk about some of the things that it did. That Peter would just walk on by. The gift of, uh, the, the gift of healing was on him so strong that he would just walk on by and they would line people up on the side of the road and just you know make sure the sun's over here, Peter here, sick people here, and the shadow would go over top of them and they'd get healed. Anybody have been in a shadow meeting? That has to be an outdoor meeting. <laughs> Got to have an outdoor meeting for that one. But they just light them up and let the, let the uh, shadow of, of Peter. How do you find out that's going on? I mean, just imagine that. Either God gave him a word at the beginning and said, your shadow is going to heal people. Oh, let's, let's put that to the test. Or else he's just out there in an outdoor meeting and the shadow be, did, uh, hit somebody and not his hand and they began to find out, oh, it's just the shadow. But they eventually got so understanding of this that they just lined people up. Let's go. We're going to have a, a little shadow line over here. Get, get on it. And they would do that. They found out that the, the cloths taken from Paul, that you could take them all the way across the country. And when they would hit the sick person, the sickness would go. When they hit a demon-possessed person, the demon would go. That's not a normal thing. Sometimes we try and treat it that way now and we just say, well, since they did it for Paul, I guess I can just pray over cloths and they'll just go on out. And it doesn't say that. Nor does it say that it won't ever happen on anyone else. 
But it is a special gift. It's one of those gifts of healings that come on people. And if you're not getting there in one of these other ways, you can get on there with the gifts of healings. You can get with one of these people. who The, the lady with the issue of blood. What did she say? I know if I just get to a place where I can touch the hem of His garment, I know I shall be healed. I know it. What was her hope? That she would be in a meeting and Jesus would call her out? Her hope was that between meetings, she could sneak up on Jesus and touch the hem of His garment. That was her hope. And she did. And what happened? Power went out from Jesus. And He turned around and said, Who touched me? No, no, this was different. This is a different kind of touching. This person touched me with the purpose of pulling out power and they got it. Who did it? By faith. Yeah, her faith going. That's it. Oh, Jesus said, it was your faith that did it. It was your faith that did it. But you see, they had the hope and the expectation is there. You can't ever come casually into the presence of God. You've got to come with hope and expectation. Hope and expectation. And if you come into the presence of God, if you approach any of these three ways to receive healing or anything else from from God, and do not come in with hope and expectation, guess what you'll receive? Nothing. And what happens to your hope? Becomes deferred. And then you begin to, as as the Scripture says, just read it again. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. We cannot just casually go after these things. We've got to get to a place where we build up ourselves on the Word of God. I have high hope. I have high expectation. I know that if I do this, this will happen. This will happen. How do you know that? Because the Word of God told me. Are you sure? Yes, the Word of God told me. You've got to be that sure on it because when you get out and you get away from where it was that you got hands laid on you or where it was that you were believing for that thing to turn around or you get away from that, that change in your body because you're confessing the Word or believing the Word or whatever it was that you're doing, you'll have those thoughts that will come to your head. You know, say, remember that healing you got last week? Take this. What do you think of that pain? And they're going to try and talk you out of it. Thoughts. Pains, other people. I mean, other people can come up to you. You can go up there and tell them some wonderful healing testimony. Oh, I had hands laid on me. Oh, I just, I saw something in the Word of God and I believed it. And the pain left my body. And that person will say, well, I had an aunt and she had that same condition. And that pain left her for a week too, but then came back stronger than ever. Believe me, those people will find you. And they will share this with you. I don't know what their purpose is. Bearer of good news. I mean, come on. Knock off with the negative stuff. Just get on out there. Glory. We we got to have hope and expectation that this stuff is going to work. And if you're not to the place where you have hope and expectation, then take a week off. Don't keep don't keep pressing in. Get back there and build yourself up. How did blind Bartimaeus get to the place that he said, if I get in front of Jesus, I know I will receive my sight. He had to meditate on some stuff. He didn't just hear about it that morning. 
He was meditating. He heard what people were saying about Jesus. He would entertain them. Oh, Jesus, what do you know about this guy? Tell me, you've been in a meeting? Tell me what you saw. Well, we saw blind people healed. We saw deaf people, the ears open. We saw paralyzed people. Well, tell me again about the blind people. How many blind people were there? What kind of blindness did they have? Were they completely blind? Does he care about deaf people? Does he care about paralyzed people? What's he want to hear about? I want to hear about blind people. That's all I want to hear about. Forget about the rest of them. Oh, it's all great. You know, paralyzed people got up and walked. I'm super. What about the blind one? Were they blind in both eyes? How long had they been blind for? He's he's probably asking them questions. Maybe someone came on by and blind, because people talked back then. They didn't have all the other stuff to communicate, so they just talked to people. Fascinating. (laughs) New concept. Just sat there and talked to people. And they would talk back and forth and they, they would say, oh, wait a minute. That person, one of those people that was healed in the meeting is here? Can you bring me over to them or bring them over to me? I'd like to talk to them. How long were you blind for? What was it like when Jesus laid hands on you? What did he say? What was going on around you? Don't you think he'd be asking questions like this? He'd be getting all the stuff he'd get. He's, he's constantly pulling this stuff in, asking about it. Because you don't get to a place where you go from begging alms to hearing that Jesus is here, shouting at the top of your lungs, Jesus of Nazareth! Unless you expect that if he hears you, there's going to be a change in your life. He heard that. He built himself up on that. He got into the place where he expected it that much. You don't get there on a whim. You don't get there, you know what, let's give it a shot. No, I mean, what do we got to lose? I go up, I have hands laid on me. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, you're not going to get there that way. How are you going to get there? Mm, faith. I know it. I know. You lay hands on me, it's coming right now. This is it. And Brother Hagin would die. Was listening, we were listening to some of his tapes about uh, getting people baptized in the Spirit. And he would get in there. He came out of the times when people would tarry for the Holy Spirit. They'd tarry 20 years. I've been tarrying 20 years, badge of honor. You know, tearing 20 years for the Holy Spirit to come. And uh, he'd get into the church and he would tell the stories how they would hoot and holler and one person be on one side and let go, brother. Let it go. And the other one or the other would say, hold on. <laughs> and just all kinds of conflicting things. You know, one of them <laughs> just saying all sorts of stuff. And they'd be there hour and a half, two hours after the service, just, you know, going on and on and on. And afterwards, everybody finally got tired. And Brother Hagin, he's telling us the one story. He said he, he uh, eventually people were going home and the people that had come up to get prayed for, he uh, waited for everybody else to leave and waited for all the all the other shenanigans to get on done. And then he stopped them. He says, do you, do you really want to get filled with the Holy Spirit? And they looked at him, looked at Brother Hagin like, what in the world? Did you just not see what we were doing up here <laughs> for an hour and a half, two hours? Do, you, do, do we want... What does Jesus say? What do you want me to do for you? Do you really want to get filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, yeah. And he began to show him through the Word of God how it was just something you received. And then you just spoke in tongues. And it wasn't hard. And if you've ever been, ever been through any of that, that book he's got back on there, uh, The Bible Way to Receive the Holy Spirit, one of the best ones is out there. We have that one out? We should have. I always keep extra copies. If there's not, you can go back into my reserve back in the... Uh, the office desk, you'll see a box and there's some extra books in there. 
make sure we have some for people to pick up on the way out. He, got, he went through the Word of God and just began to show them how to expect that when hands were laid on him, that this would happen. Brother Hagin related his own story. That how he went through. And he was in the tarrying time. But he learned from the Word of God. All that has to happen is hands get laid on me and I've received the Holy Spirit. And so he went over to the pastor's house. And he said, uh, I want you to lay hands on me because when you lay hands on me, I'm going to receive the Holy Spirit. Well, just come on back there. We'll have the meeting. We'll have a little tarrying time afterwards. He said, I don't want to wait for the meeting. I want it now. And uh, they lay hands on him before he... Just as soon as I think the hands got laid on him, he was off speaking in tongues. Because he expected it. He'd built himself up to that point. He saw what the Word of God said about it. Wasn't expecting some kind of mystical thing to happen to him or, or whatever it might be. You've got to get to the point that you expect that if whatever way you're going to believe God for your healing, whatever way you're going to believe God for whatever it is that you're going to receive, finances, job, whatever it is, you've got to build yourself up on what you expect, how you expect it to come about from the Word of God and not just throw out some hope and prayer out there. Well, God, somehow, some way, I hope that you get this for me. You know, I could sure use this and I just hope that there's some way out there you just find compassion in your heart to come on down and you do this. For... No! What do we do? We've got to go through the Word of God. What does the Word of God have to say? Father, you said in your Word that if I have need of anything, I need to come ask you. Father, you said in your Word that if man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. You said it's a good thing for us to work. I want a job. You said that I would be prosperous in whatever it is I do. I want a raise. You've got to have Word on it. You've got to not only have Word on it, but then you sit there and you meditate on that Word for a while. You build up yourself, yourself on that. Just keep meditating on it, meditating on it, meditating on it until you get yourself to the point that you say, I know if I do this, this will happen. I know it. I know it because this is what the Word of God says. And I have hope high and I have expectation high. I don't have hope high and expectation low or expectation high and hope low. I've gotten myself to the point where I hope for and expect what the Word of God has said. And I've built myself up on what the Word of God has, has said about it. I can be healed by believing in a past act, by believing that His Word healed me, by believing through the laying on of hands or even through the gifts of healings that are in operation. I can believe through all those things. I can also believe that He can do it through a doctor. Because God will heal you any way that He can. And if the best way he can get to you because of what's going on in your life is through a doctor, who use a doctor? God doesn't care. He wants you healed. Amen. Amen. I've heard my pastor down in Tulsa talked about the time he had something going on in his body. And he said, I knew it. I knew what it was. And I told them, he said, you're gonna, you're, they're going to operate. And God, I told them, it's all right. Let them operate. And they're going to remove it this way. And he even told them, when you open me up, you'll find that it's this way. And he said, after you close me up, he said, I'll... Uh, I'll be up healed faster than you than you think. And he was. He was up healed faster than they thought. And when they got in there, they said, you know what? It was just like you said. It was all small and encapsulated and we just pulled it right out and there's no complications from this. We got it all. So I'm going over there thinking, well, I can't do it that way. I'm not in the, the right spot. Build up your hope and expectation on a way that your faith can, miss, can mix with. Because you've got to have faith in it. If you don't have faith on it, I don't care how good a way it is. I don't care how good it worked for so-and-so. It ain't going to work for you if you don't have faith with it. You've got to have hope and expectation. If you're going to have more hope and expectation in God working through a doctor than you can God working through His Word, don't sit there and try and hide behind something. I've got to be more spiritual. I'm going to go this way. Go the direction you have faith in.
If you've been standing and believing in His Word and it's not happening, hasn't been happening, and you have a difference between your expectation and your hope, then say, Father God, I need to change this up. Just like you came into that man who's at the pool of Bethesda and he had hope and expectation for this, but there was a big difference between the two and you just gave him a whole other method. Tell you what, just take up your bed and go. I'll do it for the power of my word. I'm just going to speak the word and you're going to go. And this man didn't even know who Jesus was. He couldn't even find him in the crowd. Jesus had to find him later on. He said, hey, remember me? Oh, yeah, yeah. They even came and asked him, so what was his name? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, some guy. Just kind of came in. I bet you the Pharisees and the Sadducees kind of knew who it was, but they wanted him to say who it was. He couldn't tell. So then Jesus shows up with them later on and says, How you doing? <laughs> God, will, God will get you healed any way that He can. His goal is He wants you well. Because our God loves us. He just wants you well. Because you know you can work a whole lot better for the kingdom when you're well. You know, it's tough to work for the kingdom when you're sick. I don't know. It's just, don't you find that Isn't it kind of tough? Let's get well. I wrote this down for you. Your focus should not be on the method of healing, but on possessing belief and expectation built from the Word. That's where you got to go. I'm going to possess belief and expectation built from the Word. I am going to have a hope that is built on the Word of God. I will hope for what the Word of God says is mine or will be mine. That's what I'm going to hope for. If God says that this is so, then that is so. And some of you have been believing God in the area of healing or whatever particular area it might be for some time and have not seen it. And you've seen a drop from your hope and to your expectation. All right, I'm still hoping for that, but I'm not really expecting that's going to happen today. I'm still showing up at the pool, but I'm not really expecting that I'm going to get in today. We've got to close the gap. We've got to get that, that closed up. So sometimes you just need to pull back. Say, Father God, it's just not working the way I'm going. I need to change this thing up. I'm going to change it up, and I'm going to get this thing happening. I will be healed. Because that's what you said you wanted in your word. And I want hope, and I want expectation. Because Jesus ministers to that. He can. And He is willing to even change the method. Just to get you to the place where you're ready to, to receive it. Would you all stand up with me? How many of you would say here this morning that maybe just not in healing, but in other areas, that you have a hope that is way up here because it got built there from the Word of God, but pursued it, pursued it, pursued it, and hadn't seen it, and your expectation fell? How many of you say you're the other way around? You have great expectation for something to happen, but you just don't have the hope that it's going to happen for you. I just don't have the hope that it's... You're like the blind Bartimaeus. Boy, if Jesus ever came this way, I know I'd get healed just like all those other people, but what are the chances he'd come by where I'm at? I mean, Jericho is not a real popular city. Not a real big place for Jesus to go. He's in Jerusalem. He's in Bethlehem. He's in you know, Galilee and stuff like that. Don't hear about him coming around here a whole lot. He probably won't ever get him to come this way. I really can't go anywhere to go find him. A boy, if he came, I know what I would do. High expectation, just low hope. Both are a problem. Anybody want to say that you're in more of a blind Bartimaeus category? So we got more of the gentleman from the pool of Siloam than we do blind Bartimaeus is here. But whatever it is, 
You see how Jesus will minister to the, to the problem? Blind Bartimaeus thought, Who am I? What is Jericho? What is a blind beggar? That Jesus would even venture to come on out this way. And not only does he, but Jesus says, You know what? Go out there and get that young man. Bring him on over here. I want an audience with him. Oh, that's neat. What about when Jesus finds the guy by the pool? You want to get healed? Do you really want it? Do you really want the thing that you've been saying you've been believing for? You have a hope for things to prosper in your job. You have a hope for a new job to come your way or a job to come your way. You have a hope for healing in your body. Whatever it might be, you have that hope. But where is your expectation? Have you built yourself up to the place that you are ready? Oh, all I need is hands laid on me. That's all I need. It doesn't always take a long time to get lined up. But get lined up. We said we'd be praying for some folks here at the end of the service. Have you, have you been going through these stories, looking at what the Word of God has to say, and you got yourself to the point, you said, you know what? I, there is a difference between where I expected and where I hoped. And I've leveled it out now. I've got my expectation back where it needs to be. I've got my hope where it needs to be. I want this to be done. And you're going to either believe in the Word of God to heal you, believe in the past act of the work of the cross, or believe in laying on of hands. If you want hands laid on you today, we want you to be able to do that. Just come on up here to the front any time that you want to. We want to do that. If you want to say, I'm going to take some time, I'm going to go back and I'm going to meditate on the Word and I'm going to come back next week, I'm going to be fired up and I'm going to be ready, my hope and my expectation are both going to be high. That's fine too. But don't set yourself up for, her, for hope deferred. Get yourself to that place. I am not only expecting it, I am not only hoping for it, I am doing both. I believe that job is out there for me. I believe God has a work, place for me to work. I believe He has favor for me. I believe He has a raise for me. I believe my business is going to do better. I believe business is going to come my way. I believe healing is, is mine. I believe whatever it is that's affecting me, that's pulling me down in the name of Jesus, it is done. And I'm going to meditate on that word, meditate on that word, and I'm going to build up my hope, and I'm going to build up my expectation. Because with every single one of these people, when they had high hope and high expectation and they met Jesus, it was done. And that's where we have to be. High hope, high expectation, and get before Jesus in whatever method, whatever way you have faith for. Believe in His Word. Believe in His past acts. Believe in the laying on of hands, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, whatever it might be. You don't even have to like the person who lay hand, lays hands on you. You don't. You could have a meet. There could be a meeting down in Philadelphia. Benny Hinn could be coming out to the meeting. You may be saying, "I don't like Benny Hinn." You like to get healed? Head on out there. You can build up your, your expectation. Father God, when Paul went around, when Peter went around, when John went around, they laid hands on things happened. All right. I'm going to set my faith. I'm going to set my hope. I'm going to set my expectation for this. And Benny Hinn or Creflo Dollar or whoever it might be, gift of healing on them. You're going to head on out there. You're going to make a point to be there at the meeting. And you're going to go in with expectation. You're going to say, Father God, I thank you. I've received the thing I believe in. Don't mess around with us anymore.
All right. Anybody want to get prayed for? Just come on up here to the front. We will pray for you. If you want time, spend some time on the Word of God. Meditate on it. Get your expectations. That's fine. Just come in here next week. It don't take long. <laughs> Just come in here next week and say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Go over to God. Let's lay hands on Jim here this morning. Praise you, Father. Bert too? All right. Good. Y'all be praying with us. Come on, right along. Maybe Vanessa can take the the music and you can come over here. <laughs> all right. We're all in this together. Let's be praying. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for the healing power that is on Jim at this moment. In Jesus' name, healing is received in his body. Healing power goes out from God into Jim. Glory be to God. And will heal everything that is going on in this body. Body, you line up right now in the name of Jesus. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more infirmity. No more weakness. In the name of Jesus, we speak life to everything that is trying to fall apart. Everything that is trying to go weak, in the name of Jesus, we speak life to you. In the name of Jesus, you are regenerated. You are brand new. In the name of Jesus, these things will not hold Jim back anymore. Father, we thank you for your power that goes out right now into Jim. Healing power in his body. And it will not stop until it has the effect that it's supposed to have. Father, we thank you for it. Glory be to your name. Amen. Amen. You feel healing power going in your body? Yeah, I felt something going there too. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I knew what Jim wanted. What, did you, what were you up here for? Amen. All right, lower hands on her, lay hands on her lower back. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, healing belongs to us now. Healing is ours. In the name of Jesus. Back you just line up right now with the Word of God. Whatever it is that is tight, whatever it is that is that is out, in the name of Jesus, we command you to go back in. We command those muscles to relax. And in Jesus' name, pain is gone. Father, I thank you for it. Glory be to, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Healing power into this body right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. <clears throat> Get your expectation up. Get your hope up. Have there been things out there that you've been thinking, well, I know God wants this for me, but it just hasn't come my way. Change it. Change it. Get back into the Word of God. Father God, what's your Word say? I want the hope that comes from your Word. I want the knowledge that comes from your Word. I want to have that hope for a change. And I want to expect it. That every day I wake up, is it here yet? Is it here yet? Just like some of you were waiting for your tax return to come in the mail. Is it here yet? Oh, I, I know it's coming. That kind of expectation. Don't ever get to the place where you just show up at the pool but don't really think you're going to get in. Glory be to God. 